You sisters know that my skin has been glowing lately. And I'm here to tell you my secret. Oak Essentials. You've heard us talk about their line of luxurious products before, and we're so excited to have them as a sponsor of OK Sister Podcast because now you can join in on the glowy goodness. You know Oak Essentials is legit because it was created by none other than our favorite brand ever, Jenny Kane. Oak Essentials is known for its simple approach to self-care with a lineup of foundational skincare staples made with high-quality ingredients that drive results. It aims to unlock healthy, glowing skin with decadent and hydrating ingredients that give you a luxe, dewy glow. I won't shut up about the Moisture Rich Balm. It's a nutrient-rich balm that supports collagen production and delivers serious hydration for a luminous glow. And a luminous glow indeed. The way my skin feels like butter after applying this balm. This balm will make you never want to wear makeup again. And you can apply generously during your night routine to lock in moisture as you dream. It's the definition of beauty sleep. Treat yourself or someone else this season. You sisters will get 15% off and a free organic honey-based restorative mask with their first order. Oh my God, what a deal. When you use code OKSIS15 at checkout. That's right. 15% off plus a gift with your first order at O-A-K-E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-S.com. Promo code OKSIS15, OKAYSIS15. Go ahead and treat yourself. From luxurious skincare to meaningful self care, you deserve it. Welcome to OKSIS Podcast. Hi, sisters. I'm Maddie. And I'm Scout. And we are sisters IRL. I'm the older one. Yes, Scout. We know. Here at OKSIS, we believe women are multifaceted. Which is why you can expect sisterly banter on a wide range of topics such as pop culture, our entrepreneurial journeys, and mental health routines. We promise it'll be informative. And silly. As long as you don't get too loud, Mads. Welcome to the sisterhood. Hello. Welcome back, sisters, dear sister. My name is Mads. This is the OKSIS podcast. This is the OKSIS podcast, and I am Scout, Mads' older sister. Uh, I was going to say the only title that means anything, but I think being a mother is probably the most important title. So sorry, you're getting you're getting snubbed to second tier because of the baby. You're not a mother yet. You're a potential mother. I don't know if the word <laughs> potential is correct you're a future milf oh also and you are a mother in training a mother in progress and we (laughs) i was i sent you a mother's day gift because i was under the impression that like you're not a mother until you give birth but our stepsister was deeply mistaken and made me look (laughs) bad because i didn't get you a gift she made you look so bad i know she literally hand stitch she okay little booty little uh little feet what (laughs) little shoes little slippers she hand crocheted slippers and a little blanket for my baby which by the way by now everybody knows my baby is a girl if you haven't listened to our last bonus episode on thursday you can hear mad's live reaction because i told her on the podcast if it was a boy or a girl so having a girl but mad's texted me the friday night before mother's day and she texted me the summer friday's baby moon like body butter for your belly belly butter i texted you by accident like has that ever happened to you where you're doing something for someone but you don't want to send it to that person or like you don't want to tell that person but you end up it it happened I mean it it was a very low stakes situation but I've done that with like friends where I was like maybe like talking shit about someone and I sent it to the person because I was talking about that person terrible okay you need to work on that so anyway she sends this to me and then she says disregard and so I'm sitting there and I swear to fucking god sisters I don't remember who I was talking to I think I called my friend and I was like oh my god Maddie is getting me a Mother's Day present like I was in shock I was like that I was like, I can't believe she's thinking about me like that. I can't believe she's going to surprise me tomorrow with the summer Fridays, body butter, belly butter, whatever. I was like, I was touched. I was elated. I was over the moon. I get to the brunch. There is no summer Fridays body bump bomb, but my stepsister made Maddie look terrible. Okay. Well, calm down. 
So I told you that there was going to be a gift coming. And then I asked for your address. After. Then I asked for your address and you said, are you sending me a gift? And I said, no. And then you like still didn't like really realize that I was sending you a gift. I don't know if that was like a joke or not. But then the gift arrived safely in your home. And I wrote on the little note, this is happy Mother's Day, future MILF from the ILF. <laughs> or from... I think it's an elf. From the elf. elf. From the elf, which is aunt I'd like to fuck. And then our dear intern, Alyssa, DM'd me and was like, you need to get that trademarked. You need to get that on a sweatshirt. And I'm the elf. Okay. Well, somehow, somehow we're making it about you in this moment, but that's okay. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. As it should be. Also, just kind of like, you know, piggybacking off of this whole conversation. Again, TBT to the time that I said <laughs> that Lauren Ireland was my magnetic parent from... <laughs> <laughs> What a creepy thing. Like, how creepy would she think that is? When I said it. So, for sisters, for those, those who don't know, Lauren Island is the co-founder of Summer Fridays. She is an influencer, a mother. She's hot as fuck. And, like, her whole life looks so put together. It's, like, a joke at this point. Like, I just look at her. I'm like, this can't be a real life. But I guess it is. So, in... Lacey Phillips is to be magnetic manifestation work. You are supposed to like imagine parents that are supporting you. I don't I don't really know how to explain it, but you're supposed to like heal your inner child. Like your ideal parents. Like your ideal, your ideal parents. parents. So if you were if you were missing like a physical love, your ideal parent in your thing would be hugging you. What hugging you. So she says to like imagine it doesn't have to be your real parents, it can be whoever. <laughs> I just like at first I was so embarrassed that this was the first thing that popped in my head but I just like I have to surrender to the universe like I have to just you know see what comes up in my gut and like trust my intuition and Lauren Ireland was my uh my mom in my subconscious so So I started watching Lauren Ireland's reels and stuff and I I think unfortunately for me she is incredible. I would love the opportunity to interview her on OK Says. And for me, it's it's so. I don't think she's coming on here after. I don't think she's coming on here. It's, <laughs> she doesn't really do. She doesn't really do podcasts. It's so perfect that I don't feel that great about myself. Yeah, I mean, it's the perfect life. That's why she's the magnetic parent. Yeah. Like that's why she, in my yeah. subconscious, it's the magnetic parent, a hundred percent. Let me transition because I have a list of things that I want to get your take on that I want to just kind of update you on. Okay. All right. Number one, yesterday I went, I, okay. First of all, sisters, you guys know that I've been, I'm always in pursuit of becoming a book influencer. Random penguin house DM me. I'm on a DM basis with them. Just so you, just so you guys know the DMS are wide open between me and random penguin house. Is it penguin? Random house or is it random penguin house? Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> Which one? I think it's Penguin Random House. It's not Random Penguin House. <laughs> it's not a fucking Random Penguin. Okay, sorry. sorry. <laughs> penguin Random House. They damn me um, because they know, they like see my value as a book influencer. And they said, you're invited to a Taylor Jenkins read private Zoom call. <laughs> I was like, Yeah, that what? you didn't even fucking deserve because know, you texted I, I, me in the middle and you're like, what should I ask her? Okay, so I really wasn't prepared. I also just like had, I had gotten off on a call before that I had to eat. It was like kind of a really frantic moment. And so I go on this Zoom. It was also about Malibu Rising, but then also to promote her new book. And I just like haven't read Malibu Rising in like a year. So I don't remember anything about it. So people were talking about the characters and the development and yada, yada. And so I just, I really didn't, I was like, I don't know what to say. And then also I think they had like pre-approved questions. So they were like, this person come up and ask your question. So like, I think I missed the boat. But anyways, I was on the same Zoom as Taylor Jenkins. I'm literally driving back from Los Angeles and I get a text message from Mads and she says, what do I ask? TJR and I immediately well like 10 minutes later because I was driving and I didn't see it I voice note her an extremely beautiful question and then she goes oh it's over (laughs) (laughs) I was like I was like you got that close to the queen didn't have a fucking question needed to come to me for a question and left 
without her coming on OKC's podcast. Like, yeah, I know it was it was a real bummer. Um, I'm gonna follow up with her assistant though, and uh, say that I was on this Zoom and thank you for her time. And will she come on OKC's podcast? Can she give us more time? <laughs> can she give us more of her precious, beautiful time? Uh, she's just delightful. She was so cute, like such a cutie. Oh my god, TJR, such a cutie. Uh, yeah. So that was that was my update. How's the pregnancy? You're in your second trimester. Can we get a pregnancy corner we can get a pregnancy corner so i am officially today as i am recording this 15 weeks by the Woo! time this comes out i'll be closer to 16 which means also I'm the like first the first vag pick was posted on instagram stories okay wasn't a vag pick it was a bump photo without wearing underwear i literally gasped when i saw that and i was Why? like your vagina is one millimeter away from the camera. You could not see my vagina for the for the fucking record. It was a side profile photo. My leg was up. You couldn't see my vagina. Okay. And the part that you were in our parents' bathroom. It's <laughs> like, what is this photo? The vag is like centimeters from being on display on Instagram stories. And then what if our stepdad walked into his bathroom and you were vagina out? Okay, he wasn't home. No oh. one was home. Oh. Second, I am actually shocked that you thought that was like a scandalous, provocative photo. Oh my God, I think I've, uh, did you send it? To, I'll put it in the WhatsApp. The one that you're not in. Wait, you actually thought that was scandalous? Yeah. What? Okay, if I had underwear or a bathing suit on, there would be an inch of a line of fabric. Yeah, I totally get that, but that's the reason bathing suits exist, so that vaginas don't show. Yeah, but there's nothing that I showed in that photo that a bathing suit wouldn't have shown. Yeah, sure, but what if I just took a photo like that? You could also say the same thing if you were putting your hands over your boobs and showed yourself naked with your boobs. Yeah, I'm like totally going to do that at one point. Okay, I'm I'm literally, Scout, I'm just saying, the first vag pic was taken. <laughs> it's not a vag pic. It's a nude bump pic. There's oh no vag in the fucking photo. Okay. Um, okay. Can you, can you send it to me though? Because I will, I do need to put it in the WhatsApp. Sure. And mom's going to tell me that I'm beautiful. So. You looked great. I'm not saying you looked bad. I'm Thanks. just saying. I looked the great. Vag, one wrong turn and the vag is out on display. Okay. 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 So can I go back to my update? Yeah. Pregnancy corner. <laughs> so I what, am at this point of being. What was that? <laughs> no, 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 no. I didn't hear it. <laughs> Can I fucking speak sorry, about my sorry. human experience on sorry. this planet? Sorry, sorry, sorry. So when this comes out, I am I'm pushing four months pregnant, guys. I'm already four months, which means that in four more weeks, I will be halfway through my pregnancy, which is wild. I am officially in my second trimester. I did try to stop taking my anti-nausea pills. Didn't fucking work. Almost puked a couple times. So we're accepting the fact that one, let me just say, I feel so much better by like week. Now that I'm like 15 weeks, I feel so much better than I did. 100%. So grateful for that. It's amazing to have a little bit more energy. I feel like this week I kind of got my mojo back and my groove back and I'm excited about work and I'm going to events and I'm feeling a lot more capable, not 100% yet by any means. But I think I'm just going to have a pregnancy or I am accepting and foreseeing that my pregnancy is not like I might have to be on my anti-nausea med for my whole pregnancy because I tried to go off it and I was a hot mess. Why is that bad? Oh, shit. My, my AirPods just died. Oh, shit. My hair. Shit. I literally just lit my whole fucking hair on fire. What is happening? Oh, no. Oh, no. Literally, I saw a huge fucking flame. And then it was like right here. Oh, wow. Okay. Sorry, sisters. I, uh, Are you went still my recording? Yeah, I'm still recording. Oh I've been recording the whole time. <laughs> Wait, okay. So I couldn't see it because you were out of the frame, but I saw like you guys. And then, and then I thought it was like a rat. Okay, sisters, just in case like we edit part of this out, my AirPods died. So I went to the other room to get headphones. And then I went to plug the headphones into my computer, but I had a candle and all of a sudden, my whole hair was on fire. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. I wish.
wish we had got that on film. I'm dying. I cannot believe that just happened. I. How did you get it out? You just patted it? I don't know. I think I like hit it and it just stopped. Yeah. Like maybe because I like the, the products in my hair, it just like flamed up and went away. Oh my God. Because it didn't, it's not like it chopped off part of my hair, but like it cinched pretty high up. What if you literally just like burned? Oh my God. That was so scary. You feel burned. What? Oh, you were scared? What happened? Because I couldn't hear you. What if you just went off up in flames? Oh, like, like yeah, that would suck. <laughs> <laughs> God. I can't believe I just lit my fucking hair on fire. This was just, this was just, wow. What a, what a moment. Oh my God. The split ends. I need to go get it in deep condition. Oh my. Oh, wow. wow. Oh, I wish I, I had no idea what was happening. You were just flailing about in the corner of the camera <laughs> and I was just like, wait, what? And you couldn't hear Could me. You? So I was like, wait, what's going on? I thought you either had spilled something like all over, but then you're like, my hair, my hair. Like, I was like, oh, maybe she like just got her hair done and then hair, like water went on it. So <laughs> there was like a whole flame on my head. Oh my God. Are you okay? Yeah. Like it went like up to here. This whole thing was like in flame. Like I saw like this, like, whoa. Wow. <laughs> uh, oh my God. Well, I'm glad you're okay. I'm okay. glad you didn't go Thank up in you. flames. That would have been you. just really bad. I'm just going to tie up the loose ends on my pregnancy corner. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Let's, yeah. Let's tie this shit up. So I'm feeling much better. Very grateful back at more capacity. I am officially showing. So like the bump has for sure popped, which is so fun. It's like the best thing to just rub my bump all day long. And now that I can say that it's a girl, it feels like the best thing in the world. So, yeah. So, so happy for you and that you've gotten over that terrible hump of the first trimester. Yeah. And so happy for you that you're having a niece. I know. I mean, just, yeah. Joy all around, for sure. Joy all around. Joy all around. Okay. So, update on my end about going off birth control because I wanted to give people an update. I've had two periods and I have been peeing on the ovulation stick every day. You gave me a little diagram to go off of and the LH surge levels, which is basically like when you're ovulating, they have not spiked. They've stayed at a one to five range for weeks since my last period. So I'm just a little confused. Maybe it's just hasn't gotten back into the groove of things or just do I not have an ovulation? So do the, this is the problem with the app that I don't like. I never like took a photo and uploaded it into the app. Do you see the line getting darker, 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 darker? So the, the second line is always kind of the same. It's like a very faint line. Hmm. Okay. <sighs> we need to speak to someone about this because... We need to speak, yeah. Yeah, because it's a little weird. Yeah, that's weird. You should, I mean, there is a case... Uh, let me talk to my sister-in-law because she told me back then a while ago that like something weird about ovulation, I don't know if it... I don't know if she was talking about what happens if it doesn't show up or... You might yeah. have a weird ovulation case right now. Is it still getting settled? So right. let me ask her. But I think you probably might want to reach out to your gynecologist. Yes, I will do this because ovulation happens. You said ovulation happens like right after or like five days or three days after your last period. So after my last period, I have about three days where I'm not in the ovulation zone because sperm can live up in your vagina for five days, as we know. So mm -hmm. the, like, I feel like I have three to four days where I'm not in peak ovulation. And then a week after my period ends is usually when I'm at peak ovulation. Mm. Yeah. Hasn't done that. And it's been two weeks okay. since my last period, so. You also might be highly irregular right now. Yeah. So it, it yeah. might come up next week and you might have like a two-month cycle just as you're getting used to it. So just keep testing every single day. It literally fucking smells like burnt hair in here. Keep testing every single day. And then if you never see any difference, like save the photos of your ovulation strips. If you never see any difference until you get your period, you definitely have to talk to your gyno. Okay. All right, so that's my update. But tangentially, the libido is 
back. Oh, yes, it is, baby. So, sisters, you know this. I notoriously have a very low libido. Always have. And it was that IUD fucker. I think we pinpointed it on the IUD. You know, I don't know if it's like libido. I don't know if it's because of the IUD or because I've been watching, which is going to be my current fixation, Conversations with Friends, which is very sexy. And then also reading another romance novel. No, it's you getting your IUD out is 100% the culprit here because when I got mine out and like I spent some time off it, I could not believe my sex drive. Yeah. Not just my sex drive. Like it's so much more pleasurable. Like you just feel more sensations. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I always wanted to be a gal that just thought about sex all the time and like was horny all the time. Just like couldn't be it. Couldn't be me. Couldn't be me at all. And something has shifted. I'm feeling the shift. It feels great. Feels awesome. And um, I know the Benjun's kind of, you know, excited about about this turn of events as well. Yeah. How is he taking the news? How is he taking the transformation? Oh, lovely. Just really, really enjoying the the ramifications of the IUD removal. And we should do a follow up on mom since we gave her the Eva vibrator for Mother's Day. Oh, my God. Talk about Mother's Day. We gave our mom a vibrator <laughs> for Mother's Day. From Dame. Because we had... The founder, Alexander Fine, on the pod. Go listen to that episode. It was great. We both fell in love with our hands-free vibrator, the Eva. And so we thought it'd be a great Mother's Day present. And um, it proved to be at least the most entertaining Mother's Day present reveal at the table. For sure, yeah. Very sex positive in this family. So that's, that's, my, that's my other update. Okay, so let's get into current fixations then now that I just alluded to mine. Sisters, my goal these days is to always look put together when I leave the house. Nothing over the top or super dressed up or anything like that. I just want to look put together and feel good about what I'm wearing in an effortless yet refined way. When I look at my closet every single morning and think about what I can wear that is chic and intentional, I usually end up grabbing one of my Jenny Kane sweaters and I always end up loving the way I look and the way I feel in them. You all know, sisters, that when I envision my highest self, I am wearing Jenny Kane. Their sweaters are the quintessential must-have item. I cannot stop wearing my Marina set. I throw it on and immediately feel like I'm in a Nancy Myers movie, like I could just walk on the beach in Santa Barbara. It is the coastal grandma aesthetic. My favorite Jenny Kane sweater right now is their everyday sweater in taupe. This is the definition of a staple that every woman must have in their wardrobe. Sisters, trust me on this one. I wear it with leggings, oversized jeans, and a little kitten heel or a silk maxi skirt. Legit, Mads and I are so obsessed with wearing our Johnny Kane sweaters that we've literally shown up both wearing the same sweater once. The white alpaca cocoon crew neck, which is this deliciously oversized sweater. Yeah, that moment takes the cake. Both of us walking in with our matching Jenny Kane sweaters. We're obsessed. Can't take them off. Wearing them every day. The type of staples that save your outfit. That is what I love about their entire collection. It is truly the art of simplicity. They focus on comfort, quality, and timeless design. So you can curate a wardrobe that never goes out of style. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code OKSIS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order, J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code OKSIS. O-K-A-Y-S-I-S. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Ever since having a baby, I've been extremely conscious about what I spend my money on and which products I use. And clothing is no different. I want my wardrobe to be sustainable, good quality, and timeless. You have to be talking about Whimsy and Row, right? Whimsy and Row is an LA-grown, eco-conscious brand born out of the love for cute, comfy, and classic styles. Every piece is made by women for women. Quality goods, local production, natural and organic fabrics. Yes, please give me all the linens. Just like OK Sister, Whimsy and Row is based on the idea that women are multidimensional. There's a balance of flirty feminine and minimal masculine in all of our wardrobes. And Whimsy and Row means exactly that. From special occasions to everyday effortless styles, their clothing is meant to mix and match and wear on repeat. I have been wearing their Kira pant in black linen, probably three times a week. 
Sisters, if you've been listening to this podcast or following me on Instagram, you know that Whimsy and Rose Kira Pant in Black Linen is a sisterhood staple at this point. Founder Rachel Temko created the brand back in 2014 because she wanted to create an approachable and inclusive brand that cared for the people and the planet first. Get the full Whimsy experience IRL at their Venice location or shop online at whimsyandrow.com. Their store in Venice is so cute, I can attest. And if you're in LA, I highly recommend stopping by. They are always putting on these amazing community events. They just launched their spring summer collection and we will be living in it all summer long. Visit their website, whimsyandrow.com. That's W-H-I-M-S-Y-A-N-D-R-O-W.com and use code OKSISTER for 15% off. Okay, beautiful. So I am, this is going to shock some, but I have decided to try a new skincare cleanser. When I got pregnant, I felt as if my acne-prone skin was flaring up. At first, it was going away, but then if I did anything that wasn't perfect, it would flare up a little bit more so than before. And so I had this hunch, and just after looking at it, that I needed some skincare products that do a lot more like purifying and cleansing and AHA and exfoliation, et cetera, to really get into those pores so they don't get clogged, since mine get very clogged very easily. So I went to ShopGood which is an incredible boutique here in San Diego. They have one in North Park and one at One Paseo. It's like an all clean beauty. And Leah, the founder, who I've known for the last couple of years, just being in San Diego, Shop Goods been around for a couple of years now, and I ran into her while I was there. And when she was pregnant with her daughter, she said that her acne needed a different type of treatment, and she swore by the Goop G-Tox Malachite and Fruit Acid Pore purifying cleanser because it did a little bit of like light exfoliation every single day. And she said when she was pregnant, that's like the extra deep cleaning that she needed. And so I have been trying it for the last week and a half and my skin, it's incredible. I obviously, my skin type as acne prone, I think I just, and I'm not sensitive. I need a little bit more aggressive, uh, you know, uh, intervention, all day. I need, I need intervention all day. And so this has been the perfect acid pore purifying cleanser to add in every day. I got DMs that my skin looks flawless. So I had a filter on. Mom was like, your skin looks amazing. But do we think, wait, do we think the pregnancy glow is finally kicking in? According to everybody else it is, but according to you, it hasn't. So. No, but like maybe it is now. Yeah, maybe it is. Or maybe it's goop beauty. <laughs> Okay. So anyways, that's my current fixation for any of the sisters out there who struggle with acne prone skin. I found that this one's really great because it's, and if you don't have sensitive skin, because I don't have sensitive skin, it's like actively extracting and clearing out your pores. I mean, we love that. We love when skincare actively cleans out your pores. Well, I think that, you know, I got into the skincare, obviously I got into the skincare game because of OKSIS. Maddie heavily influenced me. If you're an OG sister, you know that in the very beginning, I was not. Oh my God. We we were basically a skin po- a skincare podcast in the beginning. We were a skincare podcast because I was a terrible skincare person. And so in the beginning, I just did all the stuff that was like trending that people posted on Instagram. And then in the last year, I've really, really gotten to know my skin, things to Danielle at the San Diego Acne Clinic and the co-founder of Clear Stem Skincare, which I use so many of their products. And so now I like used all the Clear Stem stuff and just like stuck to the regimen. And now I feel comfortable understanding what acne prone skin really is. And I've been reading about it and researching, et cetera. So I feel as if I can now figure out what my skin needs and not just like put something on because I cannot just go to Sephora and buy anything and put it on my face. I will probably break out most ingredients in skincare makes acne prone people break out, which is fucking like insane. Like I just don't fucking get it. I, yeah. I don't fucking get it. It's crazy. So anyways, I just feel as if I'm finally understanding my skin type and giving my skin what it needs. And that feels really, really great. Also at ShopGood, they'll give you samples so that you don't have to buy something and then have it not work or they have like a exchange return whatever policy. Yeah, that's key. So anyways. Okay, my current fixation is the new Hulu show adapted from the beloved Sally Rooney novel Conversations with Friends. Scout, have you read this book? 
Unfortunately, I do not feel as if I can support Sally Rooney anymore Mm. since she actively decided that her books would not be published in Hebrew because of the Palestinian-Israeli conflict, and we don't need to go into it right now, but I felt that to be an incredibly radical and anti-Semitic move, and so I can unfortunately no longer support Sally Rooney at this time. Okay. So... I have read this book many moons ago, so I didn't remember really what it was about, but the show has come out on Hulu. I had, I did read it. I did read it years ago. Yes. You probably did. Every millennial girl has read this fucking book, okay? So I loved the normal people adaptation. Very sexual. I was very into it. I also just love, I love the scenery and the environment. It's typically an Irish and European vibe and that's just like really what I'm looking to achieve you know it's like Irish suburbia it's just incredible little towns so I was watching conversations with friends and I was really excited about it because a very specific reason the main guy in it is Joe Alwyn Scout do you know who Joe Alwyn is no okay Joe Alwyn is Taylor Swift's boyfriend, rumored to be husband. And she's been dating him for maybe like the past four years. And they've kept their relationship under wraps, very, very under wraps. Because obviously, look at what ha- ha- look what's happened in the past when she's put it on blast, right? <clears throat> Jake Gyllenhaal. So Joe Alwyn is in this series. And he like really hasn't done, as I guess, as much like mainstream stuff. Like he's English. I think he might have been like English shows. But I was just so excited because he's like sexy hot man. And he's going to be doing like sex scenes in the show. And look, at first I was like, okay, I cannot diminish the show and like the other actors and just like, you know, the artistry of the actual show because it is really beautiful. But damn. Whenever Joe Alwyn is having sex with whoever this girl is, like, all I'm thinking about is, like, this is how he has sex with Taylor Swift. And it is just, it is through a lens that I feel very ashamed to be watching it through because I really want him to, like, stand on his own as an actor. But, whoo, baby, like, she is a lucky woman is all I will say. Do you think that the girl who's having sex with him on a TV show is always like so insecure and being like, Taylor Swift, don't hate me. Taylor Swift, don't hate me. Taylor Swift, don't hate me. I know. So it's so funny because there was like this little, little clip that went around where he, when he was doing press for the show, some, you know, I'm surprised he didn't tell them like, please do not ask me about Taylor Swift. Like that is like off limits. But someone asked like, do you have to talk to your significant others before doing sex scenes like this? Like very, very intimate scenes. Or like, do you tell them like, cover your eyes, whatever. And he said like, oh no, Taylor is, she's read the book. She really loves the book. She's like, she couldn't be a bigger fan of the project. And like, this is part of the job and whatever. But it's just like, Well, I also don't think that those sex scenes are as sexy when they are made in person. I think they're very awkward. I think they're very mechanical. I think they're very... That's exactly what he said. He was like, it was choreographed. Like it was, it's very technical, very choreographed. And it like, it's not, yeah, it's not as sexual. It's very, very Mm -hmm. much acting. And like they had an intimacy coach and a whole thing. But regardless, the show is incredible. Again, very very picturesque very idyllic Irish seaside towns and then they go to Croatia for a summer and it's just like it's giving up call me by your name vibes it's fantastic so if you're looking for a sexy sexy show and can I just say one thing because you are totally allowed to have whatever current fixation you want and support whoever you want sure but for those who don't believe anti-semitism exists if there was any other artist who singled out a religion, a race, a culture group, and did not allow their book to be published in their language or distributed in their region based on a group of people, they would 100% be canceled. But the fact that Sally Rooney got no backlash for that is, in my opinion, a legit tie towards how anti-Semitism gets brushed under the rug and it is not fully understood for what it is. And Mm -hmm. um, so I... I really I'm sorry. I just have to really take a stand against that because it's it's pretty it's pretty messed up in my opinion. So Yeah, agree. I will not be watching that TV show unfortunately. Uh, okay, I'll send you like the compilations maybe of the sex scenes just so that you can Send me un- like a reel. Like I'm sure there's a reel where someone filmed the sex scene. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I just want you to like be put in Taylor Swift's shoes. Like, I just want you to feel like what it's like to be like Taylor Swift, you know? Taylor's probably watching that and being like, he doesn't do that in bed with me. <laughs> because it's like, it's not choreographed. You know what I mean? She's like, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it, whew, yeah. Okay, great. So... I thought that we would discuss, which look like we've already spoke, been speaking for 35 minutes. So, well, you know, 10 of those minutes, 10 of those minutes was my hair getting burned off. So yeah, 10 of the minutes where the hair was on fire. So, you know, we have some more time. I want, I want to get your take and this will be an ongoing conversation. It's not going to be just like a one episode thing, but I was, okay. I don't even know like how to start this, this conversation, but I was telling you that I was listening to Emma Chamberlain's podcast, which great podcast. Why have I never listened to it before? Fantastic. I'm a huge stan of hers. I don't know why I never checked it out, but people had been recommending this latest series that she's been doing on her podcast about the culture of influencers, social media in general, and the evolution of internet celebrities, if you will. And I first heard Tinks talk about it on her podcast. So I was like, let me just let me just see what she's talking about and see her take on this. Obviously, she's very involved. She she knows exactly what this world means. So, you know, I was listening to the podcast yesterday, which I guess it kind of all ties together. But I had a really, really tough day yesterday. Like one of those days where I felt this like extreme burnout in regards to social media. And I always feel like really silly, honestly, and like a little ashamed that I feel this way. Like I talk about it in therapy and I'm like, this is so stupid. I'm talking about fucking TikTok. Like this is not real, but I don't want to downplay how intense this like fucked up illusion (laughs) in our heads, you know? Like we've talked about this a lot where we don't know where our digital identities begin and end and what our real life looks like and begins and ends. And I've been feeling that way a lot more recently. For instance, yesterday, just complete depression, like to a degree where I I, I just was incapable of, of working. I felt completely unmotivated. I felt like a shell of a person almost. And I kind of have this other added layer, which I'm sure sisters, if you're listening to this, you feel this too, where it's like, I knew the day was shot, but I still like judged myself for even taking the day to just not do anything. I judged myself for not being productive, for not, for not getting my shit together and just like pushing through. And I tried so hard to just like sit in the discomfort and actually feel it, but I just kept wanting to solve it. But something that was super interesting to me was the minute I was sad, I was like, okay, how do I turn this into a TikTok? Okay, how do I discuss my sadness as a relatable way to post on TikTok? And then I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, let's fucking take a step back and just maybe not feel this like insane need to share this. Like, why can't I just move through it and then maybe share later, I guess. But it was this immediate thing of like, oh, my God, everyone tells me to be a personal brand, to be an influencer, to be a this, you got to share everything, every vulnerable part, every raw part, like don't hold back, like be relatable, be relatable. And I think that yesterday was like a really, really bit like deep, deep moment for me, I think where I was like, I never had caught myself doing that. And that was really scary. Um, And the one thing I want to, one more thing I want to say before I let you speak is I get really ashamed that I feel this way now and I'm not even quote unquote that big or like Camber is not quote unquote even that big. It's twofold. One is like, you don't deserve to feel this way because you're not Emma Chamberlain. You're not that status. You're not that level. So you don't deserve to feel this way. Number two is if I feel this way now, how is it going to be when, if I get to Emma Chamberlain status or if Camber blows up to 200k followers like I need to figure this shit out now so that I have the proper tools in place for when it scales because whatever's happening right now is not working obviously like and so I get really shameful because I'm like you don't deserve to feel this way do you get that at all no because the amount of content you make now is most likely the same amount of content that you'll make when you're big if not less when you're big 
I see, but I, I'm more so saying, yes, the churning out of the content, but the also the openness that you display and the, the level of vulnerability that is on display for you then to get criticized for. Yeah, that will, I think that will definitely expand the bigger anybody grows on the internet that expands, but you also get a lot more used to it and you get a little bit of a thicker skin, like you get stronger as you go along so that as it expands, you're better at it. But I think that very deep down social media, because it requires so much output from you, is kind of pulling on that negative belief system that our society has that you're not enough if you don't put out this much. You're not enough if you don't run the rat race. You're not enough if you don't work 80 hours a week. You're not enough if you're not burning yourself out. And it's so crazy how we left corporate America, a lot of our generation, to pursue these digital careers and yeah. brands. And somehow it's still the same. we found ourselves in the same situation where what we do is never enough. Our value system is intrinsically tied to likes and views and follower count, where in corporate America, it's tied to a job title, money that you make, or what you're like, if you got a promotion, et cetera, it's very similar to that. And so it's just a different measuring system, but unfortunately, it's a measuring system that's so because it is so directly linked with who we are as people versus like our work at the day job as a lawyer, right? Yeah. It's who we are. It's how we show up. It's what our emotions are. When we're constantly putting ourselves out there over and over and over again, and we either aren't seeing the validation or are addicted to the validation, that's going to pull on our self-worth string in oh, a yeah. negative way. So I think that it's like, a, like when you say you don't think you feel worthy of this conversation, that's just a way that social media is keeping you addicted to the game. Like, shut up. Right. You're not big enough. You need to do this. Like, shut up. You don't have a right to feel this way. You just got to put in the work like that. Mm -hmm. And that's going to strip all creativity from social media. I mean, for me, I think I've been hearing from a lot of content creators, from a lot of podcast hosts, from a lot of people in the space that they're getting really tired of social media and the hold it has over their life. I think we all went on social media to have agency over our lives and our businesses, and we have become slaves to either the algorithm or et cetera. And people who are like, if you blame the algorithm, it's an excuse. It's not. Like, it is what it is. I took a week and a half off Instagram because I was very pregnant and not feeling well. And I went to Palm Springs and I posted all these beautiful photos of me in Palm Springs when I felt like shit the whole time and didn't know if I could even make it that weekend. And I looked back and I was like, this is really scary because I usually show up authentically as myself. And this weekend, I obviously was keeping my pregnancy hidden publicly, but I was like, I portrayed one version of a weekend that was not the real version. Like people probably saw me living it up in Palm Springs, da 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 when really I wanted to like throw up the whole time. So that's when it freaked me out. And I was like, I need to go on a break because I can't show up as my full authentic self right now. I went on a break for a week and a half and Instagram plummeted my engagement by 60%. And I have given my life to that fucking platform. I've given my life to content creation and to see that they hold not like such a strict, it's almost like the new boss in many ways because they hold such a strict hold over your fucking neck where it's getting to a point where people are feeling that sense of non-freedom and feeling the sense or feeling as if like we all chose a lot of this content creation path because it lights us up and it's creative and it's fun. And let's be honest, like there's no other time in history where you have such a free, amazing marketing tool at your fingertips, but now the price to pay to be on these platforms in a real way for business purposes is to literally sell your soul to the machine. And that's where people are like, wait a minute, whoa, this is not what we want anymore. I'm seeing many people go off Instagram. I'm seeing many people take long breaks. I'm seeing a lot of people like try to figure out one, what this, like the fact that you have to post on TikTok three times a day. When I heard that, I said, absolutely fucking not. That is disgusting. That is disgusting on so many levels. And then you get scared because if you don't post for two days, your engagement goes down. I mean, in my opinion, that's a complete addiction. That's a complete, like, we used to call it a slave to the grind back in the days. It's just a different type of slave to the grind. And it's worse because it's putting your human vulnerability at the forefront of that grind. Yeah. 
it's just it's really tricky because if we are looking at numbers and we're talking and this is we want to open this up to like business perspective and like business social media accounts because you know what Emma was talking about in the episode was influencers specifically personal lifestyle influencers right who have like basically become celebrities just posting about their life and yes I try to do that on my personal TikTok and my and my personal Instagram it's not really like a goal of mine to be to be that but like with Camber specifically the TikTok has translated to growth like it has been a top of funnel user acquisition tool every single user we have every single beta user has come from TikTok. So, which is incredible. That's a very powerful, insane, amazing thing. Exactly. So, it's hard because it's like, oh my God, this is working. This is working. Like, let's fucking level up. Let's scale this. And that is where the three a day comes from. It has been, it's so difficult because it's like, I do love doing it. It is a funnish thing for me sometimes. And it, and I also feel like I'm very good at it. So I've been trying, especially in Camber, to try to lean into things that make me feel good and that I'm good at. And so I go back and forth because I'm like, I'm really good at TikTok, but sometimes it's not fun and it doesn't feel good and it doesn't feel authentic. And I'm just putting shit out there to put shit out there. It's quantity over quality at this point. But then I'm like, Mads, why are you taking it so seriously? Like it's it's a fun thing. Like you should be grateful that this is what you get to do. I don't know. I go in these like insane spirals where if I'm not enjoying every minute of content creation and having fun, then something is off. Okay, so there's two conversations we're having right now. Yeah. One conversation is social media landscape and what it's doing to our psyche and our work ethic and what it means to show up consistently all the time and not necessarily be rewarded in the way one might think they should get rewarded when they're consistently showing up and how these platforms now have a hold over the way we do business and, and is directly tied to our career. And so it's very scary to think that we're not in control of that and we have to succumb to what they tell us is going to work for us, right? And how content is getting quantity over quality. And that also doesn't feel good to us because we're not here to just pump out shit like a machine. We're here to be creative and useful and a value and an alignment and flow. There's that conversation. And then there's the conversation that you have this expectation, like what you just said, take out content and put in something else and it'll still be the same. So the, the content part isn't, in my opinion, what you just said, the root of your discomfort the root of your discomfort is not accepting that, which I say all the time, that when you live your passion, when you're doing your dream job, when you are living out your dream life, there are days where you don't like it, period. You hate it. And if it's your dream, and it's almost as if the days that you hate it feel heavier than if it was just a regular day job. Like the days that you hate your dream are fucking heavy because you're like, yeah. wait a minute, this is like, my wait. dream. I should be yeah. liking it. Why aren't I grateful? Did I make the wrong decision? Fuck, what did I do to myself? Da, 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 da. The secret that business owners don't say you out loud is that every business owner at least once a month wants to quit their business. Mm -hmm. At least once a month, they want to shut it down. That was me yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It happens to me all the time. And it's just like yeah. accepting like, oh, this is one of those things that happens. Yeah. This doesn't actually like don't assign meaning to it. You know what I mean? Like this doesn't yeah. mean that I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. This doesn't mean that I'm not in my dream life. It's just the reality of being human that no matter what you choose, no matter how much you love something, you're always going to have moments where you don't like it. It's like in a relationship, you fight with Ben, right? You've had like a fight where you call me crying. I've had fights with my husband where I'm crying hysterically. It's in those moments where that's a normal part of something beautiful of a relationship but you're just like oh my god are we gonna break up over this like yeah you know yeah it's wild it's the same thing it's the same thing in business so it's that's actually not content creation I'm just I'm telling you all the feels I've I had yesterday which kind of went in like five different directions but I do agree that there is something to be said about even sister if you're if you're a small business owner if you have a podcast if you're trying to promote something look social media is a mark is the best marketing tool out there like it is an incredible tool to promote and to get garner up a community and put your product out there 
it then becomes though that like you are a content creator as a business owner. You, that is just what you are. It doesn't matter if you're trying to be an influencer or a lifestyle brand. Like you, if you have a business and you are promoting and posting and posting and put, you are a content creator. That's what you are. Yeah. I asked the question, when did entrepreneurs have to become influencers? And you and I have talked about this all the time, the forward all facing the thing and, and how much benefit it gives us. But the fact that you have to be it changes the nature of the game. It changes it completely because you can't outsource it. So for instance, with the TikTok and Camber, I think it has benefited us tenfold for me to be the face and for me to be on TikTok with my face every single day. People know who I am. People are recognizing me on the fucking streets, okay? Like, it is wild. It's working, right? Which is so annoying because now I'm like, oh my God, it's working. Keep going, keep going. It's like a fucking hamster. And it's working and people feel a tie to me. They feel a tie to my recommendations. And I think I'm giving value in that sense. On the other hand, I'm hiring a freelancer to help me with with social because like I cannot, I simply cannot <laughs> scroll. I can't scroll on any of these platforms. I post and I leave. Like I don't, and that's not really great for growing, a, you know, a social following. You need to be engaging. I don't know. It's like a fucking formula here. So I am like, I if I can outsource one thing, I'm going to outsource the engagement and that side of things because for me and my mental health and also just my sanity. I cannot be commenting for hours in a day. Also, I'm running a business on top of posting three TikToks a day. Like it's a lot. So I have been interviewing these freelancers and I said like, cause a lot of them, you know, work in social media content creation. And I'm like, you're not going to be creating the content. Like I have to, that is what I have to do. I feel like I'm great at it. And I also, I can't outsource it. It's my face. You also don't have to do it because Camber at the end of the day isn't Maddie Mayo. Camber is Camber. Right. So see, this is where we get into these traps and we don't think there's another option. So we just stick with the option that doesn't feel good because we convince ourselves that we have to do something. You can hire a social media person who handles five of those TikToks a week. Mm -hmm. You can with her face. That is totally fine. You can probably pay a couple content creators in Los Angeles to make a couple videos for you a month. And it can just start to be because you don't want a business like Camber to be so directly tied to your face because then you're going to get fucked over. It's not the Maddie Mayo app. It's Camber. And there has to be a yeah. delineation. Like your business has to exist without your face. And so I actually think it's positive if you hire this person, if they maybe offer a couple content creators a little bit of money to go out and create content for Camber. She creates content for Camber. It doesn't have to have her face. It could be a voiceover, whatever. Because yeah. I think that this idea that you have to be the face of Camber is is limiting and it's going to burn you out and it's not going to allow you to build. The, like the most important part of Camber is not the fucking number of TikTok followers. Like it's not. The most important yeah. part of Camber is how many people are signing up for the app and in the app and enjoying the app and the business development. So like you're so good at it. And so you should show up every now and then because everyone loves you, but you do not have to do all of it. Yeah. So I, th I think there was definitely a breaking point yesterday. I also, I just kind of like feel confused. I think my brain is never at ease because I'm always thinking, how could any moment I'm living be turned into content? How can any moment or weird thing that happens or weird relatable thing that happens, how do I turn that into a tweet? How do I turn that into yeah. a TikTok? And it is exhausting. so exhausting to have your brain be running. I mean, literally my hair just went on fire and the minute it was out, the fucking first thing out of my mouth was, do you catch that on Zoom for a reel? Like seriously, like seriously. Yeah. So it's a thing that is so insane. Like if you and I go out to dinner and we don't get photos of that dinner and the video and we got dressed up and we leave, we're like, fuck. Yeah. I literally have anxiety going to places sometimes. Cause I'm like, am I going to get the shot? And I'm sure sisters, everyone listening to this is like relates. Like it is a level of anxiety that is so absurd. And just, I don't know. I, I it sucks. Cause I also am like, no, but then I do get a good co content. I don't, it's like a weird a trap that I, I feel. We have to like put, it's a really old belief that actually is in the toxic side of hustle culture that you're never doing enough. There's always more. Every moment's a missed opportunity. Say yes to everything. Work really hard. That exact 
rat race that we've all spoken out against is now within the social media game. And I think that we need to start ruminating on a way where there's a balance, where the stuff that we create feels really good. We're really excited about it. We believe it has quality and we understand that it's also a business. Like there does have to be a quantity side. You can't show up once in a month and think you're going to like have a lasting business. There is that business side to it. But how do we maybe like cut the fat and realize that that fat, like that 25% is actually driving us so insane that it's keeping us from really doing our best work. Yeah, it's so true because I just feel feel like nothing I post has intention and it just feels like I'm like, okay, I got a post today. I got like, yeah, it's a machine. And honestly, I don't have an answer. I'm sorry. Like this isn't that like tangible of steps to take away from from this conversation because I think it's going to be ongoing and it's more so just like my thoughts of what's been happening but from what happened yesterday and the way I was out like it just can't happen (laughs) like something needs to change like I don't know yeah and I also maybe it is well like for instance I, I, I woke up today and you know I'm still like a little gentle and tender but like yeah, I went straight back into it. I, I feel fine to, you know, create content. But I think maybe then in those moments, in those days, it is fine for me to be like, I need to not. Because it did work. Like, it, I took the day off and then it did help. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I man. think, well, I I think the problem with social media and where we got really hung up and burnt out and upset with ourselves is, I mean, could you imagine working 14 hours a day, 16 hours a day, every day for years. Like when one works that much, and I understand that some people are in positions where they need to work that much or they're getting a side hustle off or they need to make ends meet at that time. And at some point that is not sustainable. So the same way you would think about hustle culture, Mads, you're living out hustle culture. We're we're all, we are all, myself included, living out hustle culture on social media, but we don't think it's work. And so the same exact ways that we disconnect from our businesses and our inboxes, we also deserve to disconnect from social media because if we don't, moments like that are going to happen. And so I think maybe this is just opening the conversation for, because I, I mean, I, I'm speaking, but like I, I, I haven't said my exact personal experience with where I'm at with social media yet, but I struggle with it too all the time. I get really down on myself on things or I don't want to post, but I think I should. And so I think we need to like get rid of the shoulds We need to come back to what lights us up on social. We need to then balance that with a realistic business plan of like understanding the quantity, et cetera, who can help us outsourcing all the stuff. And then we get to breathe new life into it because Emma Chamberlain said that a big culture shift is coming. And I think that people are getting really sick and tired of the 24-7 output hold social has over all of us. And I think a new conversation is is starting to be had. And so I think this is a great first start to that. Mm-hmm. Amen. Well, I want to say that I'm really proud of you, that you had a bad day, that you survived it, that you showed up today to do more content creation, but the podcast is never like that. That's yeah. the best part about podcasting. It's like a quality hour conversation, unedited, unthought about, all the stuff. That's why we love podcasting. But I am really, really proud of you because these are questions that I think go beyond social and are going to set you up to really understand who you are. Yeah. And to define success on my own terms, still, still on the lifelong journey of uh, defining success on my, on my own terms. Still don't know. You have a gridlock of expectations that are just tied to your back at all times. What's your definition of success? Right now, my life, I'm good. I'm successful. Wow. I'm successful because I feel good about what I'm doing. I don't think I'm successful because every moment is joyful and I don't have challenges and moments don't feel heavy or I get out of alignment or I work too hard and I burn out or this or this or that. That's something that we will never like. I honestly think that most of human suffering comes from this idea that everything is supposed to be great all the time. And like, that's just not the case. I am living my dream life to the nth degree. There are moments where I'm stressed and worried and have breakdowns and cry and get anxious and depressed and overwhelmed and don't want to do it. 
but that is not the truth of my life. The truth of my life is that I wake up every single day. I'm doing the things that I have chosen to do. Every single thing I put on my calendar, I choose. Everywhere I work, I choose. Everything I do is my choice. And so when it's our choice, there's a lot of power in that. And so I'm successful because I've chosen what I want my days to look like. That doesn't mean they all feel great, but I've chosen this and I, yeah, I would consider myself successful. I would consider myself that I've arrived at success. Wow. Claiming that energy, I'm going to claim that as my own. Also, like, don't you worry, girl. I got major goals. Not satisfied yet. Got major goals. Wasn't worried. Wasn't worried. I love you so much. Love you too, Scatola. If you want to hang out with us, head to our community center on Geneva where we chit chat with everyone and tell us your thoughts on this topic because I just think that there's like a there's a fatigue there's a through line in society we're fucking done we're fucking tired but it's like what is the alternative nothing so (laughs) (laughs) anyways well we'll come up with some alternatives yeah love you sisters love you bye Hey there, I'm Dr. Tracy Dalglish, clinical psychologist and couples therapist. If there's one thing I know from both my personal and clinical experience, it's that we are really good at comparing ourselves to others. We tend to get stuck in the unhelpful narratives that play on repeat in our minds, and we struggle to set boundaries and create healthy love. Each week, I bring you clinical knowledge and evidence-based research, experiences of sitting in the therapist chair, and being a wife, mother, and business owner to talk about everyday issues we all face to help you change the dialogue in your life. Tune in every Thursday to I'm Not Your Shrink wherever you listen to podcasts. While I'm not your shrink, I am still human and I'm excited for us to be in our vulnerability and humanness together. 